of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Hello and welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Thank you for joining me today as we are continuing through the book of Psalms. We have, uh, after today, we will have four more Psalms and we will complete book four in the book of Psalms and then we'll move on to book five. And we are here today in Psalm 102, which uh, is, the title is unusual. It is a prayer of one afflicted when he is faint and pours out his complaint before the Lord. So it is very broad on the title. Uh, You can imagine that the content is, um, it stems from someone who is in despair and uh, passionately crying out to God. And it is unusual in that it gives not a specific historical occasion, but the situation, which is affliction, and a situation in which the psalm finds appropriate use. And so it is broad, but uh, there is some evidence of maybe um, a certain time period of when this psalm was written, and I will get into that. But it is a broad psalm uh, that a prayer to God, a prayer of a lamentful prayer, um, asking God not to hide his face. Um, I will not read it, the entire psalm, because you can figure out it is going to be read during the recording. There is a refrain which comes from verses 1 and 2, which says, Hear my prayer, O Lord, let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. That comprises the refrain of the setting And then the psalm is divided into two red sections, uh, verses 1 through 11, and then verses 12 through 28. And the refrain is sung throughout the setting. So let me break down just a few things here. The first thing that sticks out, I just read it, do not hide your face in verse 2. So the psalmist wonders at the withdrawal of God's friendship. He knows that it is a sign of God's wrath. He has taken his hand off of uh, the psalmist and off of his people. And so this is a sign of God's wrath since he promised to be with his obedient covenant people. This is a reminder that not all of God's promises are unconditional. There are conditional promises. In other words, if you do this, you will be blessed. But if you do this you will receive my wrath. And so there are conditional promises. And this was such with the people of Israel. Verse 3. For my days pass away like smoke and my bones like a furnace. So the psalmist points to the pain and the suffering of life, or more specifically, to a raging fever. Verse 5. My bones cling to my flesh. So his suffering is not only spiritual and psychological, but it is physical as well. And then in verse 6, I am like a desert owl of the wilderness. 
like an owl of the waste places. He is silent in his affliction and without friends or supporters. He is alone. Verse 8. All the day my enemies taunt me. As is typical in a lament, unnamed but real enemies are a source of distress to the psalmist. He probably has many enemies. And so he's being very broad here. And so because the enemies are unnamed, the psalm has timeless applications to all generations. We could utilize this in our own lives today. This psalm reminds me that um, I think God's people need to lament more. I don't think we spend enough time lamenting in our worship gatherings. I mean, we need to realize and understand the reality that life is not always pleasant, especially as Christians. Life is not always pleasant, and there are things we need to lament. There are situations that we need to lament. I think God's people, it would serve us well if we would spend time lamenting and and learning how to lament well as God's people. Verse 10, because of your indignation and anger. So the psalmist knows the ultimate cause of his suffering is God's anger. He never disputes the justice of that anger, but he turns to God for relief. I've been there before. Probably you have too. (laughs) Yeah, God, I deserve this. And we understand deep within us that what is happening is some sort of discipline and we absolutely deserve it. We justly stand accused before God and guilty. And yet who's the one we should turn to? God himself, because relief must come from him. Verse 12, but you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. So over and against the fragility of the psalmist's life stands the constancy and the eternity of of God. And in verse 13, we have this word that we've seen several times in the book of Psalms you will arise. Again, it's not as if God is asleep, but the psalmist is asking God, well, he's not just asking, he has asked God to arise or to act. And here he is speaking with confidence that he will arise and act and have pity on Zion, specifically. On Zion. And so we, we understand Zion as the place chosen to worship God. And so the references to the destruction of Zion here have led many commentators to place this psalm just after the Babylonian captivity. Verse 15 Nations will fear the name of the Lord. And so as Jerusalem rises up from destruction, all who see it will praise the Lord. And then in verse 20, to hear the groans of the prisoners, to set free those who were doomed to die. And so though God is above heaven, he enters the world to help the afflicted. Remember Psalm 9, Psalm 918, for the needy shall not always be forgotten and the hope of the poor shall not perish forever. In Psalm 72, 4, 
May he defend the cause of the poor, of the people, give deliverance to the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. And then in verse 23, he has broken my strength in mid-course. He has shortened my days. So through the sickness that now threatens the psalmist's life, his days are shortened. Verse 25, of old you laid the foundation of the earth. God existed before his work of creation. That's something that we cannot get our minds around. We could never fully understand that. The author of Hebrews applies these, this verse to verses 25 and 27 to Christ. Verses 25 through 27 of this psalm are applied to Christ in Hebrews 1, 10 through 12. He says, and Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe. You will roll them up like a garment. They will be changed, but you are the same and your years have no end. And that is verbatim. That is in Hebrews 1, 10 through 12, but it comes from Psalm 102, 25 through 27. So, um, I will chase a rabbit here, but um, the apostles, the author of Hebrews, they knew the Psalms and they utilized them and counted them as sacred scripture. And so we should too utilize the book of Psalms as sacred scripture, as, as equally authoritative as any other part of scripture. And so the argument is that However great the angels are considered, they are created. They are not eternal. But Christ, the second person of the Trinity, exists through all eternity. You, O Lord, are forever. Everything else will fade away, but you are forever. He was neither created. He is the uncreated one. He will never die. He has no beginning nor an end. He says in verse 27, you are the same and your years have no end. This is the, the idea that God was never created. Again, we are in time and space. God is outside of time and space, so we can't understand it. But there is no beginning to God and there will never be an end to God. Verse 28, the children of your servants shall dwell secure. So the poet's hope here is with the future generations. Even though he suffers now in the present, he sees a brighter future. And this is very common in laments in the book of Psalms. That even though the lament is occurring because of a current situation, because the hope is in God, they understand that God will take care of them. That he will abide by, that he will keep his covenant between himself and his people. And so this psalm um, is set as a prayer. And as I mentioned, verses 1 and 2 um, comprise the refrain of the psalm. So you, you will hear the, the refrain sung three times at the beginning, in the middle, and at the end. And then uh, in between those are two readings, verses 1 through 11 and then verses 12 through 28. And so it is said as a prayer. Um, something that these psalms, something I've done with these psalms before, when I set a psalm like this or set a scripture like this, uh, 
to be read with a refrain juxtaposed and um, interspersed throughout the setting. Um, something I've done with it before is have a responsive reading. So this could be read by one person, but what could also happen is the text could be read as a responsive reading. In other words, you have a reader reading sections of scripture and then a congregation reading sections of scripture. And there are creative ways you can come up with to do that. But I have done that before in corporate worship where we sing a refrain, someone reads as a leader, and then a congregation responds uh, with certain sections of the scripture while the music is playing and then the refrain is sung again by everybody. So there, there are all kinds of creative ways to utilize these psalms and these settings in the context of corporate worship. And that is my goal. I want these to be used in the context of worship. Um, I've mentioned this before. When I do complete the psalm project, I will have a PDF file of all of the music. And so it will be available so people could get it for free. They could uh, either email me. I'll probably have it on my website or something where they can download it and have these settings so they can utilize them if they want. So... Here is Psalm 102, set to music. Thank you for listening today to the Active Worship Podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. away like smoke, and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and has withered. I forget to eat my bread. Because of my loud groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. I am like a desert owl of the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. I lie awake. I am like a lonely sparrow on a housetop. All the day my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse. For I eat ashes like bread and mingle tears with my drink because of your indignation and anger. For you have taken me up and thrown me down. My days are like an evening shadow. I wither away like grass. Hear my prayer, Lord. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face. Incline your ear to me And to me, O when I call But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever You are remembered throughout all generations 
You will arise and have pity on Zion. It is the time to favor her. The appointed time has come. For your servants hold her stones dear and have pity on her dust. Nations will fear the name of the Lord. And all the kings of the earth will fear your glory. For the Lord builds up Zion. He appears in his glory. He regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. Let this be recorded for a generation to come, so that people yet to be created may praise the Lord, that he looked down from his holy height. From heaven the Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners, to set free those who were doomed to die, that they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord, and in Jerusalem his praise, when peoples gather together and kingdoms to worship the Lord. He has broken my strength in mid-course. He has shortened my days. Oh my God, I say, take me not away in the midst of my days. You whose years endure throughout all generations. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. The children of your servant shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before Lord, let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in my distress. Incline your ear to me and to me, O oh, when I come. Incline your ear to me. And to me, 